Hey all, Marty here. I wanted to invite you to our live call every Tuesday, 1 p.m. East, 10 a.m. West in the ACB community. If you want to listen live, you can tune in on ACB Media 5 or bring your questions live. Check us out in Clubhouse or visit acb.community to get more information about how you can join the Zoom calls. The replays are also shared on your favorite podcast platform. Search for Unmute Presents. One thing to follow up on, because I don't think I ever did, is the, well, before we even get there, let me start by thanking our supporters. Ooh, good call. Supporters. I want, yeah, supporters. I want to thank our number one supporter, Hey.com, uh, at not, Hey.com. Not Hey.com. Not, not Hey.com. Got to put that disclaimer in there. Yeah. No, we're not saying that Hey.com is supporting us. We're saying a user at Hey.com is supporting us. So thank you. We appreciate it. Uh, reach out if you have any content or questions that you would like us to address. Uh, and then our new supporter who uh, just just started a couple of days ago, I think. Uh, and big shout out to the second to the number two or the second supporter that we have gotten for uh, alerting us to an issue on the website with a couple of our forms. So I'll be working on that over the weekend. You gave me some work to do, but uh yeah, at least we know about it now because, hey, we put those forms up probably two years ago and hadn't touched them recently. So there we go. I also want to follow up on. Uh, so I did. I talked about it when I first started. I don't think we've mentioned it since then, which was the Apple paying for with Apple Pay uh, situation. Uh, so what I purchased with that was a HomePod mini and uh, a four pack of AirTags. Uh, which I didn't really have to use when I was traveling to Houston, but I felt much more comfortable knowing I could find my suitcase if I really had to. Right. Uh, so that was awesome. Uh, I did finish making those payments off. I did let them just come out uh, automatically scheduled every two weeks. Pretty smooth process. There was no hiccups with any sort of payments or anything like that. And the only thing I would alert people to that I don't think I mentioned the first time around is if you have frozen your credit reports. This uh, mm, bit un- me the other day. Yep, you will need to unfreeze them before you try to apply for the pay and forward Apple. Uh, but other than that, everything went smoothly. They they will, just to remind people what it is, you pay them for, it's a payment out every two weeks. Uh, so not four months for two-week cycles. Yeah, so six so weeks. what is that, two months? Six weeks? Yeah, six weeks, because you do make your original payment. You make your first payment, and then two uh, weeks on the later, day you make you the purchase, make then two yeah. weeks later, there's another one. Two weeks after that, there's another one. And then two weeks after that is your final one. Uh, and But pretty decent. Uh, and they will tell you what you're approved for, like up to X amount of dollars is what you will be approved for. Uh, the max for anybody right now seems to be $1,000. Okay. Um, so they wouldn't have approved pretty- that MacBook Air on there? Nope, no, nope, <laughs> not. Uh, would not have been able to. I mean, maybe the MacBook Air, you know, part of the cost could have been offset, right? By, right. You know, the thousand bucks, and then I would have been making four payments of two fifty. But you know, that would have been a little rough. <laughs> <clears throat> well, good. I'm glad to know that experience went well. And then, did they just pull it off of a card, or did they? Yep. So they're going to pull it off of a card, and I just gave them our Capital One debit card. Uh, I was going to ask you and, if you could do a credit card. And they'll pull from what's in your rest. Apple Pay. I, I don't – I actually didn't – I didn't. I don't think that card showed up as an option because oh, I okay. definitely would have done that. Uh, yeah. So I think it has to be a debit card. Um, and 
because that card for me was already in Apple Pay, I was able to just select it as the payment option. Sweet. Well, I'm glad to know that experience went well. And uh, the other thing, did they email you every week they charged you, or did they just pull money out of your account, or did you get a push notification? Um, I'm a little vague on the emails. I do remember getting emails, but I'm a little vague on those. But yes, I did get push notifications from the wallet app before oh, uh, those payments were processed. That's awesome. And then I would get one after the fact. I know I did get an email confirming the payment. I can't remember if I actually got one like, hey, just a reminder, this is about to come out. But push notifications were a thing. So that was awesome. Hate when people try to pull money out of your account and you're like, what? What? And your bank pushes a notification to say, hey, so-and-so wants some money, but you ain't got any. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, that, that, that recently happened to me because I hadn't moved money over to cover well because i forgot about this and i did not get an email and i'm gonna put this company on blast because they should be doing better to doist um, ah. to, to charge me the other day for my they email me when they can't charge me yep oh yeah you get an email when, when it fails but you don't get a reminder email um and for anybody out there that's doing e-commerce uh especially if you're doing it and you're using i mean i feel like everybody's system should do this but honestly at this point i'm much more familiar with stripe than i am anything else uh, I will have to brush up on any other services, but in Stripe, and I would assume with PayPal, Square, etc., when you have subscriptions out there, you as the owner of said account should have the ability, and with Stripe you do for sure, to say send a reminder email. You mm-hmm. can even kind of set up the schedule how you want them to be reminded. So you can say remind them a week ahead of time, and then remind them again three days before, you know, just in case. And then remind them when your invoice is zero days past due. (laughs) Yeah, do that too. Like, hey, your invoice is late. What are you doing? Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, Yeah. that that is a thing that is possible to turn on. So when people don't do it because I deal with building these sort of things out and using these features, I'm usually of the opinion that you're being a little sneaky Uh, because you should let people know, hey, we're about to charge you again, Like especially on an annual. Monthly, I can kind of see it although i still don't really i wouldn't set up something that way for anybody right but monthly i can kind of see it a little bit because hey you get used to this monthly thing coming out let me make that decision let me click a link in the email that says hey don't remind me again or something don't just make that decision for me right versus you making the decision but for an annual subscription like to me it's just it's, it's dirty pool for you to not send a reminder a week ahead of time and even a couple of days ahead of time to say hey just as a reminder your subscription for whatever service is about to renew the cost is blah 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 if you would like to cancel click here before mm-hmm. your billing date yeah i have had services do that too and it's appreciated because it's like oh I forgot I paid for your service last year. I don't necessarily need to keep you. Or, yes, I'm going to keep you. I'll be glad to not click that link to cancel the subscription. Exactly. And there are some to do it. I mean, one renewal that came up recently, uh, probably a month or so ago now, was um, Updraft Premium or Plus or whatever it is, the paid version of the Updraft plugin. Yeah. They sent an email reminder to let me know that, hey, just so you know, your Updraft Premium subscription renews. Gravity Form uh, sends an email next reminder. Week. Gravity Form sends them. Uh, yeah. Gravity, Gravity Wiz. Uh, there, there's a lot of services that will send you that send you emails. Um, you know, so it's, it's by no means an aberration for for a company to do it. It just always stands out to me, especially on an annual subscription when I don't get alerted until the charge has happened. And it's like, crap, I forgot about that. I didn't set a reminder, granted, 
But I also expect to get an email that is going to, you know, alert me that, hey, this renewal is coming up in case, as Michael said, if I want to decide, you know, I don't really need that service this year or I'm seriously trying to cut costs. And this is not a necessity. It's a nicety, but not a necessity. I'm going to cancel this for now. I may be back. But nope, you don't get those from everybody. All you see is a push notification from your banking app that says so and so just charged you forty nine dollars and you're like what did i just pay forty nine dollars what so my question for you then is are you using todoist demossi ha ha that's <laughs> the funny part about it is i was like i really should renew this uh but in the same time, I really haven't been using it, but I have to get better about but it. But maybe like I, I need, if you would have been using Todoist you, properly, you would have known that the Todoist charge was coming up. And and I'm not I'm not downing on you for it because I'm not using Todoist. But you get my point. Probably not, though, unless I would have done what I should have and what I try to do in a lot of cases. And it, this is a usage for me for Todoist. I will, especially when signing up for something new and like, oh, there's a trial or... I paid for it this year because there was a discount and I'm going to use it and we'll see how it works out. And I will, if in the moment I think of it, I will go set a reminder. It says, Hey, cause I'm going to have a whole, what do they call them in to do it? So I have a project that is uh bedrock innovations in to do it. And I have a section in there for recurring subscriptions or recurring payments that I have to make. And I try to be good about adding things there so I don't forget, such as in some things that are in there that uh, I do get reminded about are like my annual renewal for the business itself. Like, you know, probably want to make sure you get that done. Yeah, kind of important. Uh, my mailbox place renewal uh, is... is <laughs> Did you put like $20,000 signs after your mailbox renewal? <laughs> <laughs> I should go up there. Like, hey, <laughs> just so you know, they change... Money bag, price. money bag, money bag. Right? <laughs> you know, three back of credit cards. We need yeah. to, you know, consolidate some stuff here. Like, hold on, let, let me let me pay this amount with... No. I mean, it wasn't that bad, but... Yeah, it's it's, it's shocking when you don't expect it for sure and, it, and yeah you know, price changing why can't companies be more better at saying hey just so you know this renewal that you're going to pay for has gone up like just, just drop me an email I mean, literally I was cost told you nothing bef- i i was told before i rent yes. a card yes. but yeah it would have been nice to have gotten a note or an email or, or a text message even nope. that says hey just so you know starting in 2023 our prices are going to this level for you know these things right that that would have been nice but but that is also as you have pointed out to me a few times that right there is one of those opportunities to go create a proposal and go do a a quick little brief presentation have a conversation like hey here's some things that can improve the customer service experience for you and uh offer to you know, uh, well, not really offer to. And I'll do it uh, for offer, you. <laughs> offer my services uh, yes, yes. To, to get that done for you because I'm not going to do it for free unless, I mean, to send out an email reminder, I don't know, you just set up a mailing list with, with, with uh, what is it, uh, MailChimp or something, somebody free and be like, hey, yep. you, know, you give me free year of mailbox service, I'll go set this up for you. Although, honestly, I really charge more than they charge me. So yeah, yeah, that would not be a fair exchange of services Probably on not. my end. Uh, That's not a, a positive way of being able to increase your prices because, you know. N- no, and it's also not a good way to necessarily do business all the time either because sometimes things, and I have learned that lesson, like that is a lesson I've learned. So for people, when you're getting started or even when you're you're comfortable in your business and you're doing okay, 
always be mindful of exchanging work. Uh, two things that taught me this lesson. One is a lesson I just learned, you know, after having gone through it a couple of times with different people. Uh, sometimes exchanging services, you end up on the short end mm-hmm. of that because there are complications or issues that were not known to you when you started on this gig. And then, you know, you realize like, okay, this just turned into from a quick, oh, let me go set up your Google workspace for you and you go do this thing for me and we're cool to you didn't know how to access your DNS and you have no idea who's hosting your DNS and where your domain is registered. So now here's what I'm doing. (laughs) So don't do much exchanging of work anymore uh, as I used to. And there, there are a few people who are on a very, 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 very special list. But uh, outside of those people, there's no new people getting added to that list. I'll tell you right. that much. And honestly, the other thing that really started to change my perception about that, too, not so much my perception or just my willingness to do it, was uh, talking to the bookkeeper. Uh, I'm sure Laura wouldn't mind if I shout her out, but. She mentioned this to me at one point because I was like, well, hey, we could, you know, work it out this way. She's like, I would rather pay you Ah. so that you get paid for your work. And then when I do something for you, you pay me. That way nobody ever feels, nobody ever ends up in the situation. What she described the exact situation I found myself in where it's like, you did this thing for me. Okay, cool. When I went to go do the thing for you that I agreed to do, it turned into a whole ball of hair, though. <laughs> Good like, that, no? that she brought that up to you, though, because that, that opened your eyes. Like, you had seen it, but hearing it from someone else makes a big difference, I think. It it did, and also the fact that for her, she's not one of those people. Like, the reason I, I was willing to make the offer to her, she could have been added to that list, is because she is a person that is very open about what is going on. Like, there's not a... Oh yeah, I forgot about that thing. You know, once you start, which happens, you know, you get and you. This is also a lesson for anybody doing any kind of service, providing services to people, um, or consulting or anything like that, where it's not a physical good, it's a a service being provided. Uh, Learn as you go, but pay attention to questions that you should ask that maybe you didn't ask when you started your business or when you started doing the thing that you do. Uh, Because that is the first thing that really bit me hard when I just started freelancing and just, just, you know, hiring out to people uh, whenever I could find somebody that wanted to pay me to do a Mm -hmm. thing is I would quote them a price based off the conversation we had. And then, again, there would be a whole ball of wax to deal with uh, halfway through because there was something they did not disclose to me. um, And I wasn't in. I wasn't informed enough to know to ask those sort of questions either, because from my perspective, I would have told a person about this thing or, you know, it would not have been the issue that it was because it didn't necessarily have to be that way either. And that's where contracts help out too. Yeah. put contracts in places like, hey, these are the terms that I am agreeing to do said work and this is said work that I'm agreeing to do. If in the middle of this you discover that you have no idea who's handling your DNS, like, that's not my problem. Work stops at that point until we figure out how we're going to resolve that. Contracts are beautiful. I am working on a couple of those right now to get people to sign off on them, which is sometimes problematic to get people to actually sign off, you know. But if they want work done, they got to sign the contracts. Got to sign the contract. I will not pick up work from anybody Um now without having a contract in place and there are some current customers of mine even and this is a a, a interesting thing to kind of figure out but i have a couple of customers that 
kind of where they are my customers it's not that they're not my customers but the relationship and how they became a customer is a little different Mm. uh than most and i'm at a point now where due to some things that have happened it's like okay i really need to have a contract with the business that i'm actually providing the services to and for me right now kind of the way i'm looking at this is i don't want to just dump this contract in your lap in the middle of an annual subscription, right? right? So for some people, I just got to defer that out, which means I need to open up Todoist. And I actually have been using Todoist. I've been adding stuff to it in Fantastic Hour and checking it off. So I actually have kind of been using it. I don't know how to think about it. I just haven't been using the Todoist apps. It's not even on my phone. It's still on the Mac, but I don't have it on the phone right now. Gotcha. But uh, what I've decided to do in those cases is Defer sending them that contract because it is not in place right now and send it to them when, you know, a a good month before their renewal is coming up. Like, hey, here, you know, before your renewal even comes up and we're up against the wall or anything like that, here's a contract that we need to that I need you to sign. We can schedule the meeting to do blah. And I'm going to put all of that in the email that goes out with the contract link. Like, hey, you know, click here if you want to schedule some time to go over this contract or, mm-hmm. or you have any questions or you want something added or something taken out. But before I will accept your renewal, you're going to have to sign this contract. And if you don't agree to these terms, then whatever services I am providing to you will go away. As of this date and clearly as of this day information. Yep. yep. So you and I struggled for a little while finding an accessible tool to create contracts. DocuSign is great for signing contracts, but what have you settled on? I know what you've settled on, but what have you settled on for creating your contracts? So I've settled on WPE Sign uh, from Approve Me, and we'll put a link in the show notes to that. This it might will, be a referral link. I don't know. This will possibly be a referral link because I believe I have one, uh, but this will possibly be a referral link. Uh, but it is a for me. It has been it has been great. And I know it's been great for you since you started using it. Also, but it, it it's easy for me to create a contract. And essentially, for people, if you're familiar with creating a WordPress post, you can create a contract. Like mm-hmm. it is literally and literally what I do. Honestly, is I will edit my contract, you know, in like TextMate or something like that. Get it where I want to copy and paste that into the um, and it's the classic editor looking post. So it's not even the block editor for people who don't necessarily. Uh, love it. Yes. Uh, it is the old style uh, classic editor in WordPress. Uh, paste that in. You have a couple of fields to put the person's name in and all that stuff, their email address. Uh, depending on the level of subscription you get with them, it is a recurring annual subscription product. Uh, but for me, it's worth it. And honestly, it is cheaper for someone to sign up for that in most cases than it would be for you to pay for DocuSign. Right, because I think it's like three hundred a year, or something, isn't it? Say it again. It's like three hundred a year, isn't it, for uh, WPE sign? Uh, or is it cheaper that's that? kind of on the high. So their basic package, which doesn't give you some of the, the add-ons that we have, mm-hmm. uh, I believe that's actually like right around like either like ninety nine or one forty nine somewhere oh, in there. Okay, yeah, that's that's pretty reasonable. So. And it, it gives is, you the audit really trail. Reasonable. That's what I like. <laughs> that is the like it, it. It is completely one hundred percent compliant, uh, which is the reason I started looking at it in the first place. Also, I ran my site on WordPress, so that wasn't a problem. But even if you don't have a WordPress site, uh, you know, pay a couple of bucks, get get some. You know, that's where I would say it's possibly okay to use some cheaper hosting if you don't already use WordPress. Like, let's say you're hosting with Squarespace or something. Uh, I can't believe I just said that. 
<laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> but let's say you are hosting with Squarespace or, or you know, something like that, or, or somebody just built you a couple of HTML pages because you needed something simple. Uh, you know, two ninety nine a month for HostGator, DreamHost, Bluehost, whatever. Uh, for just installing WordPress, install this plugin, configure it, and there's your your e-sign, uh, your document signatures. And the nice thing is once a person signs a contract, like you have an audit trail, so you can even see how many times somebody has viewed. <laughs> Which the, is a very uh, interesting number sometimes. It, it is. It is. Uh, I would give you a piece of advice anybody listening that tries this plugin out. Uh, they do have a return policy as well. But um, – once you're comfortable, you may want to turn off the email notifications of when a person has viewed the contract. Like that might be a thing you want to turn off. Uh, you want to email when they sign it, but you don't want to email every time they look at it. Cause yeah, as Mike says, a lot of times that number is you're like, did you really have to look at it 20 times <laughs> right, before right. you signed it? We talked about this before I like, even do sent you have this questions email. Like, like why not email me or call or something? And like, Hey, I have some questions. Like you've looked at this literally 20 times. So, there was something you wanted me to remind you to talk about, and I don't remember what it was, so hopefully you remember. Uh, what did I tell you to remind me to talk about? Huh? I said, I don't remember. I don't either. You said we could hold off and talk about it on the show, but I don't remember what it was. No, I think I told you what it was, but I was like, remind me to bring it up on the show, though. I don't remember what it was now. Oh, well, we'll move on and just cut that part out. So, we've been seeing some engagement from people on Mastodon. Oh, yes. We can talk about that experience. I, we bought Groundwire. Well, Mallory bought Groundwire. That is one of those apps that I am very disappointed to say, and I haven't looked all the way, uh, but it looks like it's not supported for family purchases, which is disappointing. Um because uh, I was hoping when she finally bought it that I'd actually get Groundwire because I've been using like these free apps. They even have a free uh, SIP app that you can use. But Groundwire is a application that you can install on your iPhone. With this application, you can connect it to a VOIP or voice over internet protocol system. And the one that I've kind of stuck with, I really don't like it on the Mac fully transparent, I really don't, uh, Windows is so much nicer, is the service VoIP.ms. And Damasa, you have a referral link, or uh, do you have a place where someone can go I pay you? I do have a referral link for VoIPMS. Yeah. So uh, what is VoIP? We'll drop a link to it in the show notes, and uh, it will be a referral link. I believe it gets you 10 or 15 bucks of credit when you set up your first thing, and it'll kick back some credit to me also. So. Which is awesome because uh, I put $20 on my VoIP MS account at the beginning of the year and I think I still have $12 and I bought a couple of numbers throughout the, the month. So uh, definitely worth it. Uh, VoIP MS allows you to register your own numbers. Um, it also gives you the ability to make and receive phone calls. You can set up your own IVR inside of VoIP MS. You can send and receive text messages. Uh, you can, I, I think you can even do video calls with it i could be wrong on that they'll do a transcript no video calls what no video calls oh okay then you they can't twilio. yeah yeah maybe lower maybe. your billio oh. 
Uh, but but one of the other things about it is if you want, you can get a transcript of your phone call, which Demasi and I did that once, once, and that was it. That was enough for us. We're like, yeah, no, thank you. Um, I don't I don't even remember what happened. It it was not cheap. Well, it wasn't expensive it, either. But it, it's not terribly expensive, but there is a cost associated with getting a transcript of calls, uh, as well as recording calls and getting transcripts of voicemails. They're like there are costs associated with it. It's not a thing that I needed to do enough because I, yeah. if I need to record a call, um, I'll just sit down on my Mac and open telephone and audio record hijack with audio hijack. Yep, get get done, and then it's free-ish um but but the nice so for those who don't understand voip ms is the service you pay for but voip ms does not provide you an app i don't think you have to go through a third party to be able to get an app and then you put the credentials in and they've got amazing documentation i love their documentation their documentation Uh, is so good yes if you write voip ms and then anything you're trying to connect to it chances are you're going to come up with an article that's going to help you out Mm -hmm. uh and so this is the service that we've kind of stuck with. I have my Payo Media phone number through there. Uh, Mallory has a number through there. And I'm probably going to end up getting another number through there just uh, because I need something to mess around with. And you can either connect it to your own PBX if you have a cloud-hosted PBX, for example, or a legacy PBX. And you can also connect it directly to a soft phone. Or if you pay Doug, you get hard phones as well. Oh, good deal. Hold on. Hold on. I'm <laughs> I, gonna stop I, you. Right I literally here. didn't even know that, but I'm like, oh, he was going to pay Doug today. <laughs> yep. I forgot. I knew there was something I was doing today. <laughs> Hold on. Let me double check, make sure I got the price. Okay. There we go. Now, Doug will reply to that message at some point. And that'll I'll remind you. Because it'll be at the top. Yep. 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 All right. Good deal. <laughs> So that's VoIP MS, and we might keep that paid Doug in there because I think he might have another phone or two he wants to get rid of. I mean, you know, he should live some on eBay or something like that. Yeah, but he made up a good point because it's it's a lot of work to just list it on eBay for 60, 70 bucks. Like, it is. It is. I mean, I haven't listed, well, I can't list anything on eBay at the moment because, you know, eBay can't get their stuff together on the back end and tell me how to fix my account. Like, if yeah. I owe you money, I tried to pay your money. It's like, oh, no, this invoice is now invalid or something they told me. I was like, well, listen, you guys can send me another invoice and I'll pay it. But I do need to list this Eero. I sold two of them. Oh, you did? Yep, sold the two pack to somebody. They they had a similar size apartment uh, to Doy's, uh, and I asked him what size apartment he had because I, I was guessing he was roughly about close to what this person told me they were, and yeah. he was. Uh, I was like, okay, so he's been doing fine with two. You you should be fine with two, and you're also the only person in your home, so you don't yeah. even have to deal with uh, additional people and bandwidth being taken up. So, yep, sold two of them. They have shipped uh, out. Already, they're supposed to arrive Tuesday. Nope, Monday, one of those days. Uh, so I have one unit left. So this pretty much needs to go to somebody that just needs to, you know, that wants to add an additional access point to their existing Eero 6 network. Uh, and I will probably post it on blind ads or something at some point as soon as I figure out how to get back into my account and which email I used. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, VoIP MS is. Also, the service I use for Bedrock Innovations. Now, I have done things a little differently. I started out with VoIP MS, and I've since kind of switched stuff around a little bit, but that's mostly because I wanted to test 
some different things with the iPhone and, and eSIMs and multiple uh, eSIMs active or multiple SIMs active on the iPhone. Uh, because there are a lot of people like us that are solo business owners. And VoIP MS is not really a heavy lift, but if you don't know how to, if you don't grok it, you don't grok it. And yeah. That means you're now going to somebody to pay them to set it up, and you may not want to do that. Or it just may be overkill for what you're trying to do. You're small, you know, you don't even have a business register. You're just a, a, a what they call it, sole proprietor. Uh, I think the fact that you can put two, you can have two active SIMs on an iPhone, uh, starting with the iPhone 12. So I may get some of this wrong, but I'll try to cover it very briefly. The iPhone 12, I believe you can only do an eSIM and a physical SIM yep. active. Starting with the 13 lineup of phones, you can have two eSIMs active uh, or a combination of one one eSIM and one uh, physical SIM active. And then that proceeds forward to the 14s, which you can only do two eSIMs because there is no physical SIM if you were to the United States at least. Uh, but I wanted to test that out. So my business number, my main, well, what I would call my local number, I still need to find me a decent 800 number. Uh and I'll get around to that at some point. But my uh, my local number that, that shows up from Tuscaloosa, if I call you or if you look up the area code, uh, that number is now started out as a VoIP MS number. And this is one of the nicer things. And most services that I have used will let you do this if you pay for your number in, in their VoIP service. But I actually ported that number out to U.S. Mobile, which mm-hmm. is a... Um, MVNO, Mobile Virtual Network you. Operator. Thank you, sir. Yep. See, this is why me and Mike get along so well, because he knew what I he knew why I was stuck. He knew yep. exactly why I was stuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they're, they're MVNO that uh, resells Verizon NT Mobile service, uh, which is interesting. But at any rate, I switched it over to that, added that as an eSIM to my iPhone 13 mini. No more minis. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, that's terrible. Just a little quick side note. I'll come back to this VoIP mess. I know people are fascinated. Uh, the quick side note, though. There's a Mac Mini. There's an iPad Mini. There's a HomePod Mini. But you're killing off the iPhone Mini. Are this they, is awful. Though? What kind of marketing though? is this? Or is Demasi I mean, they, just falling into the rumor meal? I mean, they, they didn't release one this year for the with the 14s. Oh, they didn't? I thought they had a 14 Mini. Nope. Right. They, they didn't. They went up. They went up uh, and did a 14 plus, which uh, is the same size as the Pro Max phone, just, just the 14. Same features and no, functionality yeah. as the 14. You don't yeah. have LiDAR and stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's okay. I saw a mini for one, for the first time at convention. I'm not What'd sold on it. I'm not sold so, on it. I need my Braille screen input, and I could not do Braille screen input on a mini. Yeah, so when (laughs) I started getting back into trying to do – so I don't currently do Braille screen input because it's too small. And I've already said that I'm more likely going to have to go to a Pro Max for me to comfortably do Braille screen input. I mean Braille screen input. I may be able to make it work on a – standard size phone, so a 15 or a 15 Pro. Although I'm probably going Pro when I upgrade too. I don't, unfortunately, have a Pro. The Pro Max I can do easily because you have yeah. a Pro 12 Pro yeah. Max. So I know that'll work. Uh, and probably that'll be what I end up getting to uh, when a I Pro upgrade. Max. I'm going to upgrade her first. 
and then I'll probably get a Pro Max so I can start making use of Braille screen input because I realized something. I do a lot of typing on my phone and I hate typing on the keyboard. Like yes. I really hate it. Yes. On the on the uh, touch screen keyboard? On, on, on the touch screen keyboard, yes. Yeah. I like want I have, to play with, and I haven't yet, but I want to play with the touch typing on iOS uh, direct touch typing on iOS 17 because they're supposed to. And I've noticed this with some of the word predictions, like the word predictions are actually making more sense. It's not finishing my sentences. Like I could see Apple getting to with LLMs and stuff, but I wonder if direct touch typing would give me a better experience because I'm close ish oh. enough that the AI would, oh. I'm going to play with this and follow up on that next week, write it somewhere in to do us to not good deal. Yeah. So I played with that and I've, I played with that off and on over the years. Yep. Uh, and it was surprisingly good for me. It, it wasn't good enough for me to keep using it, but it was pretty decent a lot of times. There yeah. are some times where I think, you know, maybe they did an update or something to a system and then like all of a sudden autocorrect would get really goofy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't even think of, I had forgotten about that mode at all. But yeah, that is interesting to try out. So I'm writing it right now in drafts. Wait, why am I typing drafts? Don't type drafts. I'm in drafts. Uh, <laughs> He's typing drafts in drafts. <laughs> yeah, that's going to help. So yeah, we'll play with that. And uh, this was supposed to be a quick side note. I think we were talking about VoIP MS maybe or. Yeah, we were talking about VoIP MS. Uh, so I switched to, I, I was telling the story of what I did with ah. my phone number. Uh, so I, I did move that over just to play around with using multiple SIMs. Apple has done this very well. Uh, at some point, I will also try this out on Android um, because they also have the capability. It's there. I believe they probably had it before the iPhone, so you don't have to you don't have to post at me on Mastodon and say, "Well, Android had this in 2017." I I, I believe you, uh, but <laughs> but you can post it on before. Mastodon. You absolutely can uh, <laughs> for sure. But uh, so VoIPMS though has been a very nice service for me. I have a couple of numbers in there. Uh, I actually have a um, couple of sub accounts set up for a few customers for for things. And one place that it has been useful in a way that I did not expect when I first started using it is setting up a number. And I've done this for a couple of businesses now. Where I just set up a number for them that they use for different two-factor scenarios like with bank app banks or other services that don't really offer you, you know, TOTP. Mm. So you got to get a text message. And instead of the owner of the company or whoever, whatever employee set up the account, having it texted to their phone number, it gets texted to this VoIP MS phone number. And you have an option to have those text messages forwarded to a phone number or sent to an email address. So in a lot of cases, what I've done is set up a VoIP MS number for somebody just for texting. It doesn't even, I didn't even wire up any of the stuff for calls or, or anything. Yeah. And I just pointed at a f group email address that forwards to everybody in the company that needs to get it. So if, you know, Joe is trying to sign into the, you know, I'm going to say QuickBooks, but I don't know if QuickBooks is one of these, but trying to sign into QuickBooks, that's not how that would work anyway. But anyway, Joe's signing into a service. He needs to text message code. Well, he doesn't have to reach out to Janet uh, to be like, hey, can you forward me this code? And then Janet's off at the beach and it was like, I didn't have my phone. I'm sorry. And Joe's over here stuck for an hour, can't get his work done. Nope. Just goes to Joe's email. Joe's types it in and he gets on about his day. Uh, so that has been a surprising use case, but it is a very nice service. I have not tried it on Windows. It is janky on the Mac in Safari, but I think I have kind of 
decrypted the way that they embed their tables inside of tables to where I don't have as much trouble as I initially yeah. did. Yeah. Uh, but some other nice features of it too, and this is something, so I do have a home number now that I, I, I uh, purchased or ported in uh, for that. It was intended to be used for the schools, of course, when I did online registration for the kids' school this year. Uh, I discovered they say, don't put in the same number don't put in duplicate numbers for different contact people. And I was like, well, that's not helpful. We have a home number. I want to put the home number for both of us. I can't do that. Okay, fine. <laughs> fine. You want your silly form? Okay. Mm-hmm. This is how you want to do it. What if we were a couple and we, we did the thing that I know some people do where they just have one phone? Like, what would we do here? Oh, I guess we just put in one contact. That probably would be the solution. <laughs> One thing I will make people be aware of with VoIP.ms is VoIP.ms sometimes, not all the time, and you may have said this, sometimes will not let you use your VoIPMS phone number. I'm sorry, VoIPMS will let you use it, but the services might not let you use your VoIP.ms phone number, and they'll tell you to use a different phone number. Yeah, I have seen that happen rarely, but it does happen. If for some reason they can spot it as a as a virtual number. Um, so I've had to happen with VoIP MS once for me, uh, but I've also had to happen with Google Voice before too. Yeah. Uh, I also had to happen with, with, with my original business number that I started out with US Mobile with too. Like uh-huh. I tried to put that in there like, oh, this is not a valid number. I'm like, it, it is. The hell you, you say? You, you can call me on it. I, I pay a bill for it every month. You can't tell me it ain't a valid number. What is your problem? What does a valid number even mean then? Right? Like, oh, this is not a number that can receive text messages. Yes, it can. Yeah. I just texted yeah. myself, see? Right. Uh, anyway. But yeah, that that is something to be aware of. You may encounter that. I'm seeing that less and less. But it's, it's, it's very similar to if you get a domain with a different extension other than the traditional uh, you will sometimes type that in and they'll be like, your email address is invalid. I've been doing a lot of audio editing in Reaper and you've kind of gotten to this point when it comes to WordPress and stuff. So uh, you kind of opened my eyes, no pun intended, to realizing that I'm probably doing this and I don't even know if you realized it. Um, so I'm at the point where I can edit audio just fine. Like I did a live to tape uh, thing yesterday, which was pretty awesome to do that again. By the way, I do miss solo cast. If you haven't checked it out yet, go listen to this week's Friday finds on Unmute because that well, actually pretty last well. week's Friday find. Yeah. Yeah, well, it At would the be. Time you hear this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be last week. So I, I, my mind was thinking Friday hasn't come yet, so it is this week. But I guess everyone's mind doesn't work that same way. Yeah. Um, so see, you were supposed to publish that today. So yeah. technically, people would be. So if you say it that way, the reason I, I'd interject there because some people may think of. I knew what you meant, and I would have. It would have made sense to me because it's like, oh well, it's the one that came out most recently. But some people may think you mean wait the until one the coming next up. coming yeah. Friday. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. So listen to the at this time currently the most recent Friday the finds. Friday finds that was released on July twenty eighth, twenty twenty three. Yes. There you go. Now it, all ambiguity. I can't say that word. Uh, ambiguity. There we go. Yeah. Long story short, though, I really enjoyed just jumping into Reaper, dropping stuff in when I needed to. Uh, I need to get Fiergo. Fiergo? I need to get that at Farago. There you go. Uh, Steven kind of has almost convinced me to get it. If you listen to some of their double tap, he was talking about how he was doing stuff live right there using that app. So that was handy. And, uh, And when I was 
by the way, when you're recording, if you paste an item onto a track, onto a track, it pastes it where you started the recording from and not where you currently are. So I was going through my list of news stuff and talking all about the news and stuff. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to paste this in right here. I'll hear the sound play while I'm recording and then I'll go into the next thing. Did not work that way. So that's good to know. Um, I at some point had transition sounds like four of the same transition sounds in the same area. Yeah. <laughs> Fun <time. Oof. laughs> but i've been using reaper and i get into my habits of doing things that are working for me because usually when i'm in reaper i need to get something done either for a client or for myself and uh so i'll go and continue doing things but i finally talked to derek lane at convention i'm like derek i I want to give you some money so you can teach me how to be better with Reaper. And the way I say you you kind of do this and you brought my attention to it is that that email you forwarded to me today. Uh, I, I went to his website and started looking at it. And uh, see, you know, first of all, uh, glad to see someone else who has a .dev domain name than just your testing domains. Uh, but you were talking about how he is uh, – uh, work and you can go more into details because I haven't listened to the recording, but he's working or, or talking people through the process of increasing their prices and helping people see the value of what they're doing. And I was editing Darian's podcast the other day and we were editing it together. So she was coaching me through the headphones. And by the way, I kind of really like doing it that way. She was coaching me through the headphones. Oh, I want to take this part out. I want to take this part out. And then I'm like, Oh, we're going to take this part out. And she said, Oh, I didn't even think about that. And, um, I got into the habits of, of doing things my way and I need to start making more money so that way I can have some time to step away and experiment with becoming more efficient so then I can charge people more money because I'm doing better work. Uh, Which will give you more time to step away. Yes, yes, to learn more. <laughs> yeah, or, you know, take a vacation. Yeah, you know, spend time with the kids thing. or something. Right. Or go to an Airbnb in Atlanta. In 2024, yeah, man, that's still a thing. <laughs> we we were going to start planning that because I'm like, yeah, I got, I, I gotta, I, I gotta just like. Here's the strange thing for me, and it's funny that you brought this up. Um, one going back to the vacation thing, like I realized when I was at convention, it was not a vacation for me. I was working, no, uh, no. and you know, I I was working, so this was not a vacation. And because I had never dealt with that volume of customers. Uh, and being in the environment of the exhibit hall, which we've talked about a little bit, you know, all of that, that was an adjustment for me. So it was hard. Like it mentally, it, it was not stressful, but it was a mental, it was a cognitive load that I had to adjust to and adapt to. So this was by no means a vacation. But one thing I did learn while being away is like just that being in a different location made a huge difference. And a show that me and you listen to kind of off and on, I don't know if you still listen to them now, is Cortex. I have not in about a year. And one thing that CPG Gray, I think I got that right, uh, has said several times is like he will take what he calls a graycation where he would just go to a different location to do the same work that he would do at his home office or, or wherever. But he will go spend a week at, at a hotel, you know, in a different city uh, or, or something just to kind of help streamline this focus. And again, you know, I was doing the same kind of work I normally do for AT guys uh, other than <laughs> dealing with customer service for the most part. But I realized just that change of scenery of, of sorts, like it did actually make a difference uh, for me. 
So that is one thing that I am going to, I don't know if I'm going to start doing like great cations or something like that, but I definitely am going to try to start even just locally here, just moving around a bit more when I'm working on my stuff. Can't necessarily do it for AT guys, but when I need to take a Thursday or a Friday to really sit down and laser focus in on working on client work, yep. uh, you know, go to the library. Uh, you know, find if there are some other co-working spaces around here or other places mm. to go sit and work or even just go sit in the park as long as I can get a Wi-Fi. As long as I can get an internet connection, I'm good. Like, Which that you is can, one thing because you proved that way you got were gone. <laughs> exactly. So I know my hotspot works pretty decently on my phone, actually. Uh, and I think that's the one thing that sometimes we, me and you specifically, but also I think a lot of people that have started their own businesses uh, or work for home, even for a, a flexible business, you know, like a AT guys or, or another company that is flexible with where you work from, as long as you get the work done is basically their point that we work from home and we talk about, yeah, because, you know, as long as I got an internet connection, I can work from anywhere. I haven't gone anywhere uh-huh. else, but right here. Yep. And it's like, yep. I really should start moving about though, because I can like, it's not just the theory of it. You have to put that that into practice. Otherwise, why am I doing this? Or I could just go get a job and sit in somebody's cubicle every day. Exactly. Oh. And have much more stable, reliable, consistent income if I were to go sit in somebody's cubicle. It would probably kill me inside, but, you know. So that is one thing I want to start doing, and I will be for sure to follow up on that as I start to do that right now. It's too hot to think about really going anywhere. but <laughs> I imagine it is there for you. It's comfortable here. Man, 70 degrees. Is, oh. <laughs> so I'm hanging up right now. This show is over. Done. <laughs> Find the sound of a, a, a phone hanging up sound. <laughs> yeah, let's see. If I had Farago set up, we, we might have actually ended the show right there, but I didn't even have a decent thing. But yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm gonna start trying to do that. There's a library close, like there's a branch of the library that is close to me that I could walk to. So mm-hmm. that probably will be my first uh, thing to do is get out, and I might just walk around there one day with the kids just to you know get familiar with the space and, and meet the staff or whatever. I'm like, hey, so I want to come in here and do some work, uh, you know, make sure everything's cool, and um, you know, start but start taking advantage of that because we do have that ability to kind of work from anywhere. It may be a little bit more, a little bit different for you with some aspects because you're editing audio, so you kind of headphones. need a little bit of quiet. Yeah, headphones though. Like headphones. Yeah, like I'm no, now recording audio. I can't go out in public and do. Well, I mean, I can't right, do right. that in public. But um, it, it's it's very ironic, Demasi. You. You were talking about cubicles, and I, I reached my hand to my left and felt the cubicle wall, and my heart broke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you were excited about getting a little cubicle wall put but up. But now I'm, I'm in my own cubicle, so I can't go whine and complain that I'm in someone else's cubicle. <laughs> man, you cubicled, you cubicled yourself. Yes, yes. I cubicled myself. Showtime. Is, is it better than a shed? I'd almost Ooh. rather a shed, though. Hmm. That is a conversation to have with the. I, I think I would much rather have a shed too. Yeah, me uh, too. Me too. We are looking at moving sometime in the next, like, not even. I'm gonna say next nine months. By next spring, we're looking yeah. to be moving out of here. So that is one thing that I'm gonna look for is either a a, a, a definitely because like we kind of jury rigged together our office and living space in here right now. Uh, 
but I got to make sure I got a place that at least either has not preferably I would kind of like a basement or something like that because I, I may not have a shed uh-huh. necessarily okay. on the property. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to be looking for something like that where there's a dedicated workspace for me to be able to just kind of build things out. And, and as a part of that, building out a better recording uh, situation because, you know, I will be on video sometimes, not just on a microphone. The client is that thing. I am getting to sign a contract. Uh, I won't go into names and stuff, but he and it's I, Apple people. He yeah, just doesn't want to stop. Yeah, if only him and I yesterday were talking, and he's setting one of his employees up with a recording area, and so I. It sounds like I'll be doing some consulting on that, and that's super exciting because I'm glad to hear that happen. Uh, so, Demasi. What do you got coming up? Anything fun? Any projects you're working on that we should follow up on? Uh, man, I don't know. I yeah, me neither. I don't really know where I was going with that transition. I have no idea what I'm doing. Have you been using your e-reader lately? It is interesting you ask about this. It was right here. I have been using it. Uh, I'm actually sending this one back to the library because I think I told you this when it happened, uh, but it, it ate my SD card that I tried to put in it. Yep, yep. Uh, so I talked to, um, to actually has a friend that works at the library who, who's, who she reached out to when I was asking, like, I wonder if they have this yet. So that's how I got it. Uh, and I talked to him yesterday and he was like, oh, well, I'll just ship you out another one and just send that one back and I'll put it in the repair policy if they can fix it and get it out. Cause he's mm-hmm. like, I don't want to open it. And I was like, yeah, I thought about trying to open it, but I was like, my luck would be, I will open it. There will be some glue or yeah. a wire that I wasn't aware of and then yeah. it wouldn't work anymore. So, you know, and there wasn't anything on the SD card necessarily. I would like to get it back because it was not small, but <laughs> at the same time, uh, and it's not affecting the way it works. But yeah, I've been using it. I had to, because I'm sending this one back, I reset it. Had to go look up the commands on how to reset this thing. Oh, oh, I literally was going to do that today. So how do you reset it, Demasi? <laughs> so you are going to hold down and... First off, if you search for NLS e-reader factory <laughs> reset, that's not going to get you anywhere. Nope, it sure ain't. I'll tell you that from personal experience. Uh, you want to search for uh, Humanware Brilliant something if you're trying to figure out how to do something with Unless it. Unless you have that the other how one. I found it. Because there is another one in ro- in circulation. Um, so know which one you have. If you have oh. the e-reader that's the humanware one, and that's the one with the two buttons on the right side and the USB yep, port the on the left side. That are disabled, yep. volume buttons. The USB port is not disabled, but the volume buttons are disabled on this one. Yeah, so that is the one that I have. What is the other unit that's out there? Uh, I don't remember what it is. Um, I can say some people who've used it are not happy with it, with the way it's laid out. So um, I don't remember the name of it, but there's a second model out there. Okay, well, hold on before I was going to actually put this in the box and go ahead and send it back, but I will wait until I get the <laughs> replacement to make sure it is like this one because, yeah, I like this one. I, yes, I, I like yes. this is nice. I, I do like it. Like, I, I like think if I were going to get... Uh, if I were going to get another Braille display uh, right right now at this current moment, what, what I know is on the market and either I had the money to pay for it or it was going through VR or some agency like that, I would probably go for the 40 version of this. Right. Yeah. 
I, I agree. I, I went to look at it. The only other one that I'm really interested in, and I haven't seen the Braille on it, um, so I don't know, is the – and full transparency, I do not use a Braille display as much as Demasi does. Uh, I am not the fastest Braille reader at all, uh, but it is nice to have Braille for sure. But I'm really interested in that Mantis Q40 for the QWERTY keyboard, but the Braille display that's built on as well. Yeah, I, I could possibly see myself looking at that. Uh, also, I do think it's good that we continue to have a model of Braille display that comes with a QWERTY keyboard because the pack, my original Packmate was the QWERTY uh, version. Ah, okay. uh, I ended up doing a trade with a guy to get the BX version with the Braille keyboard and a 40 cell display because uh, he just wanted to keep he wanted the keyboard so bad he was willing to give me his 40 cell display and take a 20 cell display, hmm. uh, which was a win win for me. I got more right. Braille and. Uh, and a Braille a more input. compact device. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, but the way that you reset the – so this applies to the Brilliant, to the Humanware Brilliant uh, BI or – wait, is it BI? It's BI-20X is the one yeah, that this BI is – Yeah, BI-20X. That's it. I knew there was an X somewhere. I couldn't remember. So the BI-20X in the 40X, and I think some more of their, their – The chameleon. Recent. And, yeah. 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 yeah uh, but for this one, at least for the BI 40 and 20X, you hold down the power button and the volume up button. Uh, so those are the two buttons Mike mentioned that are on the right side of the unit. Uh, you want the one that's closest to the back of the unit. That is the volume up. Uh, for the NLS e-reader model of this, those buttons don't actually do anything other than allow you to get into this reset mode. Uh, ah, recovery mode. Okay. But hold down the power button. Yep. Now, here's the thing where... It, pays to read to the end of the <laughs> paragraph it is going to shut back down after it shows you recovery mode and you're gonna be like wait what but that's what it's supposed to do now you're gonna power it back on normally like you normally would without holding on anything else just power it on like you normally would and in uh -huh. your menu is now going to be a new menu item that says diagnostics okay okay and there's tests there for, you know, the Braille cells, the input, all sorts of things like that. But one option in there, too, is also there's reset setting, reset Braille profile, reset user settings. But there's also uh, reset to factory default. That is you literally I should have just asked you a little while ago. You may not have known a little while ago. I've been meaning. to. Oh, no, I did it because, yesterday. Oh. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I did some research on that today, so <laughs> I should have just reached out to you. Well, perfect. I am resetting mine right now so I can reset it up as a factory default because I have a couple of things that I'm like, yeah, I need to – I just need to reset this. Um, uh, but, yeah, this is a very nice compact device. Uh, for people listening, if you are a patron of the National Library Service, check within your state to see if yes. they are offering the uh, – e-reader uh it is free they will send it to you much like anything else you get from the national library service you're going to come in a box with a card that you can flip over and cat i swear to god if you jump on my head i'm gonna kill you <laughs> uh it comes with a card that you can flip over to ship it back to them so keep that box when you get it because who knows what's going to happen down the line you may decide you don't want it anymore or they may be like hey we're collecting all of these up now or, or something so get, right. put stash the box under your bed which is what i normally do with stuff from nls like the, the digital book player when i got one of those years ago uh stash that box under my bed when i shipped it back to them uh, that box was still there yep yep save your boxes but really nice device um 
I, yeah, but I, I actually use this a lot. Like I use this more than I use my 40 cell uh, focus. It's just so uh, Just because it's so compact. Yeah. 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 So what do you use it with? Like what are you doing with it? So I will do, surprisingly, I do a lot of reading on it. Like just reading a oh, book, share a book or something like that. You use an e-reader to read stuff. To read. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it's shocking, right? Yeah. But I got a 40 cell display. So you would think I will put the, you know, download the book and put it on there. No, I, I will read on here. Uh, so I have a couple of like, you know, PHP books, WordPress plugin development books that I've been reading on here. Uh, but I also pair it with the phone and will read stuff there as well. Uh, so a lot of reading for me, I would say, uh, whether it's on device or connected to, you know, uh, an iPhone or, or the Mac, uh, but I also use it for input. So I, I've sent several emails and wrote, written several draft documents inside of drafts. Mm. Like this is a rough draft of this thing. I'll usually go to the Mac and kind of do my fine editing and, you know, bounce it through. Um, what is that service that I don't really remember? Uh, Chat, GPT? Always, Chat GPT. Yes. Thank you. Oh, uh, oh, I was just guessing. No, that, that's what I was trying to come up with. Is like I was stuck because like I realized I hadn't used Mac GPT in a while the other uh, day, and I was like, "Well, why have I not used this?" I was like, "Oh, because I haven't been doing anything because I was sick." Oh, that's why. <laughs> like I feel like I'm having GPT withdrawals. So. Maybe that's why you were sick. Uh, but I use this, uh, so I normally will plug it into the Mac. I do have it set up over Bluetooth, but just. What happens is I'll plug it up to charge it to a cable that's also connected to the dock that's connected to the Mac. And it'll just come on and connect to the Mac. It's like, oh, okay, well, here's, here's some Braille. Yeah, uh, that's handy. That. I have not connected it at all to the Mac, so. Yeah, so Bluetooth works great uh, to the Mac. And if I'm intentionally trying to connect to the Mac, that's what I'll do. But a lot of times I end up kind of accidentally having Braille in front of me because I just plugged it up to charge with a cable. Uh, so that, that does work direct usb as well so it's been a nice experience i have not tried this and it just now occurred to me i wonder what happened if i plugged it into the blind show mm, probably nothing <laughs> probably nothing You're but right. it would be interesting a USB-C cable to a USB-C on the blind shell and see if it does do anything so that might be if something it does to play anything with. at all yeah. Yeah, i'm probably gonna try that yeah uh, but yeah i really like this like the reason i hadn't even reached out to the library about it is like it eating my SD card just meant I didn't have an SD card for storage to go in it, uh, but everything else still works just fine. So I wasn't even really concerned about sending it back. Uh, Tia was just like, "Oh well, I talked to this guy, and he's like, he could send you another one." I was like, "Okay, well, let's let's, let's make right? that happen." Yeah, yeah, sure. Then I can try putting another SD card in it and see if it eats that one. <laughs> Maybe you're putting them in wrong. <laughs> so you're holding it wrong. <laughs> So I've got one more uh, topic idea, unless you have something else. Uh, how has Ubiquity been? Ubiquity has been amazing. So I'm going to say two things here, and they're going to sound like they are completely opposite of each other, but they're not. They're absolutely related, and I still don't regret my purchase. So number one, I'm still very happy with my Ubiquity setup. I have not gotten to do as much as some of the, the – you know, tinkering with alternative networks as I want to do, but that is, you know, in the works. I'm, I'm looking at it, I'm researching, I'm also trying to figure out the best way to, to accomplish some of this stuff. But IoT networks should be set up uh, by the time we record next. And uh, guest network will be set up for sure by the time next time we, we next we next record. Uh, but I really love this setup. 
Also, uh, this Dream Router, I'm going to eventually buy a Dream Machine SE mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. for sure. It probably isn't going to be anytime soon because it's 500 bucks. But I'm going to buy one at some point. Uh, I, I will upgrade this for sure. Uh, but, and the reason I said this may sound counter is like, oh, I'm really happy with the setup, but I'm going to replace the router, right? So, but in all actuality, I can notice where the slowness, not necessarily the slowness, the processor that is in the router, I can see where when things are really busy, sometimes it's probably struggling a little bit to keep up. And it is also shaving off about 300 megabytes of download speed for me, but I'm fine with it right now. It works. And for getting into Unify and Ubiquity, it's a good starter because it was 200 bucks versus right. 500 and well actually more than 500 because you also have to remember that the dream machine none of the dream machine models come with an access point built in so they're just routers and switches uh so i would have spent more than 500 bucks you would have been closer to probably a thousand with the uh, probably access seven points at least. you need because you'll need two access points and they're what 200 a piece no well, i had one already oh uh, that's right so I could have bought one more. So I would have been at least looking at probably like six fifty, if not seven hundred bucks. Um, yeah, because I've done a little bit more research. If I was buying another access point now, I would probably buy that mesh one that I sent you a link to. Um, but I'm super happy with it. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely not. I don't like. I've already sold two of my arrows. Like, I don't know if that part was going to make it into the show before now, but now it is. <laughs> so I've already sold two of the three arrows that I had. I sold a two pack basically to somebody, which is what I started with. They're in a much smaller place, so they're going to, you know, be bathed in Wi-Fi. I heard somebody say it on a podcast one day, and it was funny. wasn't funny when I just said it. <laughs> it was funny when I heard it on somebody else's show. Uh, but I've already sold two of those, and I, I need to just post uh, the one that I have now remaining on a list somewhere to see if anybody's trying to extend their network and try to work out something for that. So I'm all in on it. Uh, didn't even hold on to the – as someone I was talking to, a friend of mine I was talking to was like, yeah, now you got your earrobes. You can just stash those in the closet just in case you have a problem. I was like, man, I'm finna sell them things. Right. Like I'm done. I am done. I am. I am. This is honestly legit. I can't remember the last time I said this was a really good purchase. Like I'm super happy about this purchase, uh, but I am really happy about the purchase of the of the ubiquity stuff. It was a good investment for me, and I think continuing going forward is going to continue to be a good investment. Yeah. yeah. Good. Yeah, we've been happy with ours. Um, like you, you can. There are some points when you're like mm, that. That Mallory named ours McDreamy um, from uh, that one show, that ER show that people watch. Um, and so it's like mm, you can tell when McDreamy's having some problems and struggling a little bit when you get all these devices. Uh, we were at a dinner yesterday and uh, Mallory's sister's like, yeah, we only have like five or six things on our network. Actually, I think she said three. She's like, how many do you guys have? I'm like 45, 50, something like that. Yeah, and they're all like, like what? How, how do you? I'm like, well, you got to think about it. Each of the boys have a computer. Each of the boys have a phone. So that's six devices right there. I have my computer, my phone, my watch, Mallory's watch, the now the NOS e-reader again. Like it all adds up really fast. They the quickly add up. Yeah, they, they very quickly add up. Uh, and you don't realize it until you start actually counting them. And you're like, well, wait a minute. You know, I got, you know, an iPhone and a watch. Tia has a phone and a watch. So that's four. Yeah. Kids have iPads. That's six. Uh, there's a Pixel, that's 7. There's a Smart Vision, that's 8. 
There's a blind, there's a blind child. child. Look, I'm already up and, to nine. And, and, and that's not even computers. <laughs> that I haven't touched computers or any smart stuff just hanging out around. Yeah. Right. So like that's that's yeah. I mean they very quickly add up. Uh, but it's 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 an awesome awesome setup. And I want to reiterate because I don't know if I said this on our show when I told you that we had it. I, I do know I said it when we did the uh, IA cast, which people should give a listen if you're interested in and or you're looking to upgrade your network. Listen to the. IA cast. I don't. Mike is going to look up the title while I'm talking, so uh, he'll pop in in a minute and tell you what the show title was. Uh, in the release, I should have date. already had it pulled up. You know, when you were talking. Well, I didn't think about it until I started <laughs> talking either, though. It's one eighty-eight uh, rider recommendations. There we go. So IA cast one eighty-eight rider recommendations is a good show. So we did not spend the whole time like me and Michael are going to do for the next few months talking about <laughs> ubiquity. We talked about Eero. We talked about the Google Wi-Fi. We talked about a lot of things. Yeah. One thing that I did not that was not pointed out clearly in that episode, but will be obvious to people who are paying attention, which is nobody on that call was using the. Um, internet provider <laughs> provided gear for their network. Yeah. Which you shouldn't do. Honestly. No. Just saying. No, you shouldn't. Uh, but that was a good show. If you're, if you're looking to try to, you know, extend your Wi-Fi network or upgrade your network to something more comparable, you're interested in mesh. Definitely give that a listen. Cause we do cover a lot of the different devices and why we made the choices we made. I, you know, I've been having a conversation with other people about this. That show actually netted a few people reaching out to me on Mastodon. I mean, one person that reached out to me on Mastodon. I, I won't name them because I think they may have sent me a direct message or, or whatever. You call them. <laughs> I don't know Mastodon. how that works. I don't Mastodon. know how it works. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't either. Uh, so I won't name said individual. Uh, but they reached out and they just had a question about the, the IoT network. And like if they set up a separate IoT network and then reached across you know, from their private network to control those devices, would that be an equivalent of HomeKit, you know, secure router? And for the most part, yes. Um, hmm. You know, you, you don't get everything that HomeKit secure router provides you, but you are doing the major thing that I'm concerned about, which is just walling off that IoT stuff, just in case there's an issue uh, from personal stuff. Like, I don't want the light bulb giving somebody access to my laptop because, you know, I mean, geez. <laughs> now, people's social security numbers over here, man. Like, yeah. yeah. One password, people, is not sitting on a hard drive, I promise you. <laughs> but, you know, there, there's data here that, that would be valuable. That um, people don't need access to. That they don't need access to. Well, as soon as I don't need access to it, it goes away. Like, like I don't, I don't hold on to it. But, uh, you know that that was that person's question. I did reply to them on uh, Mastodon. Mastodon. Uh, yeah, did that with Mona from the Mac. Imagine that. Very good experience. Command enter will send your message. Mike probably told me this two months ago. I don't know if I did, uh, but yeah, that sends your message. Um, there are some keystrokes out there. Command R will refresh the screen. Uh, there is some keystrokes out there to reply and to reboost and stuff. I just use my enter key on the numpad to pop up actions, and then I go down to the action I want. That's kind of what that's that's how I got to the whole reply. I actually opened this up in the whole new window because I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I mean, you know, we'll figure it out. I will reply to this message, which is the point, and he got a reply. So yes. there's a deal. But setting up a separate IoT network is very close to what you get with HomeKit uh, secure routers. The only thing, and you probably, if you really wanted to put in the work, I am not. But if you really wanted to put in the work to do this, you could figure out, you know, what is the server that Marish reaches out to to check for updates and using some firewall rules for, you know, specific 
brands of devices, you could probably restrict those down to only being able to talk to their home servers to get updates and not have anybody else from outside of your network be able to poke at those things, uh, which is one of the features of HomeKit Secure Router. Like you, you have an option that just says only allow this thing to check for updates outside of the network. Otherwise, all conversations are local. Uh, and, you know, you could go through and attempt to manually do that with firewall rules on, on ubiquity. I'm not going to do it, hmm. but that is an option. Yeah, super happy with it, man. Super happy with it. I got to get a switch. Uh, oh, so here's the thing I want to talk to you about. Me and you were talking about uh, security systems and, and cameras and things. We've been kind of off and on chatting about that. Uh, a friend of mine was telling me about, and I need to go look for them. Give me a sec. Real Link. Uh, so there's some cameras uh, from a company. They're Real Link, uh, and they have different models of cameras. I haven't started looking at them yet. I just made a note about them in draft so I could find it. Uh, but they are all powered uh, power over Ethernet. It looks like uh, so. You know, it's like yeah, switch. Got to get a power over Ethernet switch because I like this. I really like this Poe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Poe is nice. Now I'm just looking for reasons to find stuff that's POE to plug into. <laughs> like, yeah, let's do this, man. Uh, but those look to be some interesting cameras. Uh, Home Assistant will go up. I, I got to figure out. I got to get some time to sit down and do that. But Home Assistant will go up at some point because uh, I want to want to start using that and be able to bring stuff into Home Kit. Uh, super happy with it. I like it. Sweet. Uh, okay. Cool thing once you start adding access points. I don't remember if I told you about this or not. So let's say you want to set up a a guest Wi-Fi network, right? And let's say you have an access point, you know, downstairs, but you have the router upstairs, right? Or just you want to lock, you can, basically you can lock a network to only be accessible from a specific access point. So it doesn't even cover everything. It just covers, yeah, yeah. that's cool. I, I, I like that. I was like, I'm going to create my guest network and I'm going to lock it to the the AP that's at the front of the house. A few things in the corporate environment make a little more sense now. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you how do you do that? But yeah, gotcha. Okay. Well, good. I will at some point be getting an access point. We will be sharing that uh, update when I do get it and uh, Demacio will continue giving us feedback on his. Uh, before we wrap it up at 76 minutes, do you have anything else, sir? It doesn't even nope. feel like 76 minutes. Well, it really doesn't. <laughs> it really doesn't. Perfect. So, Demasi, if people have some direct messages that they want to send to you, how can they reach out to you? So, I am... I got a question real quick. Have you tried Threads? No. Okay, so conversation over. We're not yep. talking about that because, yep. of course, I hadn't looked at it either. So, nope. uh, all right. Nope. So, I would have been the one out of the two of us, but no. no I don't <laughs> right? got time for that. <laughs> all right. So, Mastodon is where you can find us. I am Damasi at unmute.community. He's payon at unmute.community. I did not set up a show account. I think I said I was going to do that at some point. I hadn't done it yet. Yeah, we'll but we're working on something else right now. That we are, make that and, a lot I can't, and I can't really get sidetracked. If I get too sidetracked with doing little things like that, I'll end up down a rabbit hole because I'm like, oh, oh, how do I make this work more better so uh-huh. me and Mike can both sign into the show again? <laughs> see, see how this happens? <laughs> Just 
think about the earlier side note on whatever it was. And then that turned into a whole nother conversation before we came back up to the original topic. So yeah, that's what would happen if I get sidetracked. Yes. Yes. But, uh, so. yep. That's how you can find us on Macedon, uh, at our mute community. He's Payon. I'm Demasi. Uh, we I appreciate you everybody. You can just search for unmute and both of us will come up. I think i probably, Hey, that is awesome. Yeah. See, this is the beauty of running your own instance. You just, you know, people can just search for the instance and then they'll find you on that server. That is yeah. nice. Yeah. Uh, did you know this about Mastodon with Mona? Uh, that communities tab is where you go to add other people's servers. So you don't have to be on other people's servers, but you can go browse what's going on on that other uh-huh. server. Yeah. I did that when I moved over to Unmute Community. I went back and added the Twit uh, dot social server because ah. there's some interesting information that you know, pops up out there. And then it doesn't clutter up your timeline, but those who you really want to get updates from, you, you can. follow those people. Yep. But if not, you know, you just follow the, look community. At the community. Also yeah, added right. the indie dot space server, I think is what it was called. Okay. A lot of indie, a lot of independent uh, app developers have their apps. If not their personal accounts, they have their app accounts over there. So I think drafts is over there. Yep. So Alrighty. check out Mona. If you haven't, there, there's a, there's a tip for you uh mona on ios and mac os i don't know i think yeah (laughs) ipad os is there a windows client that that people have been using oh chicken uh not chicken nugget t wow tweez cake yes there we go i was gonna eventually get it out there and uh, brian harchin did a training on how he's best configured tweez cake with some of the scripts that he's created to give you a better experience on windows so check that out if you haven't yet Cool. We'll drop a link in the show notes for that so you can check it out. We'll make it a little easier for you. And uh, yeah, follow us on Mastodon or just reach out if you want to start a conversation. There's a fascinating conversation going on between Mark and somebody else about Void MS today. So that is where we are. We appreciate everyone who listens. Do us a favor and tell a friend. If you do enjoy the content, you like the conversations that we're having, tell a friend. Reach out to us, um, TW for right now, TW at yourownpay.com, and share feedback. I mean, if we're doing something great that you really like, let us know. If we're doing something that you're like, "Mm, I didn't really tune in for this, I didn't expect that, uh, you know, let us know. We're, We're constantly... Well, actually, we're technically working. So. 